0: Welcome, everybody, to Black Coffee and Theology. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to, you know, Black Coffee and Theology. I am happy because on this particular episode, I will be doing a, a semi-reoccurring uh, segment Uh, entitled, Where Are You Finding God? And I got this idea during uh, the break in between seasons because I really wanted to explore with people I respect the places, the avenues, the people in which they are finding God uh, and just really learning. Uh, I love that on this journey of life, we get to you know, explore together. So with that said, on this episode, I have Ajane Dawkins. And listen, poet, theologian, neurodivergent disco queen, <laughs> editor of Echo Theo Collective. And listen, I so, 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 so enjoyed uh, sitting down with Ajane, And I know you're going to enjoy it too. So sit back and relax and enjoy my conversation with Ajane. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I have the pleasure of hosting uh, Ajane. Welcome to the co- podcast. Hey.
1: I'm so excited to be here. You have no clue.
0: (laughs) Hey, I'm excited. Listen, you are a multi-talented writer, poet, uh, theologian. uh, Yes, all the things. I am excited to talk to you. Mm.
1: Listeners, you can't see, but I'm like, there's a huge smile on my face. Just (laughs) joy radiating.
0: Hey, and so I will say something about you and then want to uh, ask you a few questions about yourself. Beautiful. Uh, I have experienced you on the timeline. I think first on Twitter, which is where I find most people, uh, especially in uh pandemic times. I first came across some of your writing, some of your poetry. And I was like, wait, this lit. <laughs> 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 um, then um, you wrote um, a piece in the Echo Theo Collective uh, work on the gospel according to, I believe, DMX. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I definitely got to follow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Say
0: things in here. I actually got that issue because you wrote in it, actually. Did um, you? I, I truly did. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> I was like, I need to peep what this is. <laughs> oh. Was not disappointed. And so, yeah, so I have a lot of respect for you, both uh, as an artist, a thinker, uh, a budding theologian. So, yeah. Mm.
1: My heart. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah, that piece, I think that's the first essay that I've ever published. Um, Mm. And so that piece is very, very close to my heart because I was when I tell you I was in deep, deep grief and turmoil, (laughs) <laughs> mm. Um, when DMX passes passed like prior to him passing when he was in his coma, I was like interceding. Like it was keeping like I was, you know, some things just kind of weigh on mm. your spirit in a different way. And um mm. his 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 him slipping into his coma and then eventually passing just I mean, absolutely tore me up. I would spend my evenings, literally listening to his prayers, listening to his altar calls on Instagram, listening mm, to everything. Yeah. And it just wrecked me. So I really, really appreciate that.
0: Mm, no, I hear that. I felt similar when Chadwick passed. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I I get that. Yeah. Um. So with, you do a lot of things, you're talented in a lot of things, uh, but how would you describe yourself, uh, what's important to you, how you show up in the world. Yeah. What's that nitty gritty of who you are?
1: Um, Ooh, it's always hard to describe myself between poet and writer because everything I write, um, is not, everything I write is not a poem. Um, so I do do essay work. I'm working on a play right now. I'm working on another one woman show. Um, okay. But the like foundation, the lens for which I view everything is absolutely through the poem. Um, and I think poetry was kind of like my first love. Um, and so buy it. I see everything else by it I see the essay I see the possibility for play even the collages and like visual work that I'm starting to play with I see it um through the lens of what the poem is for me um so poet definitely a Christian um definitely believer with some deep Pentecostal roots which I always it's always important for me to know (laughs)
0: <laughs> name that <laughs> name that in this place
1: very very important for me to know um
0: <laughs> it's not a lot out here I feel like who probably claim it so
1: no especially not in the academic space and I'm like yes we can do these methodologies and also I will pull out this oil and speak in tongues like I will like and we Absolutely. can also lay out at the altar
0: mm-hmm.
1: um I feel like I'm just giving my Twitter bio at this point, but um, disco is wildly important to me.
0: <laughs> hey, listen, <laughs> um,
1: and and I guess a scholar uh, of a few things and, and a performer. So those are the things that feel most um, most important to me outside of being like a daughter to my mom and dad and a sister to my mm-hmm. my big lot of siblings
0: listen I love that I uh you know so I am doing this recurring theme um at least once a month on my podcast about where are you finding God uh where are you feeling the divine um and so when I first thought of that theme I was like I have to bring Ajani (laughs) because I'm so curious um before that before getting into that I'm curious of your experiences in the academy Mm. um because I find that it's not often that an artist um or a creative of really any major way finds their way to academic spaces usually mm-hmm. there you know it's one or the other and so I'm curious about, yeah, how you're finding your way uh in scholarship uh in the Academy but being so rooted in the poem, as you said
1: yeah um. So I feel like this is kind of a multifold answer that I have to answer with some caveats because I speak to other people and we're having completely different experiences. Um, Mm. I have had for the most part, a phenomenal experience in my graduate school programs. Um, I think in some ways I'm a little bit of a unicorn and I don't mean that in like a uh, look at me, I'm like so special kind of way thing. Um, But in, in terms of, I'm not, I'm one of the few people Uh, in my seminary program who is not has no intention of going into traditional ministry Um, and because I have no intention of intention of going into traditional ministry and I don't even necessarily have an intention of being there to continue my academic study like to go forth with a PhD Um, and because I'm already so rooted in my public engagement with theology and the poem and the places that those things intersect outside Mm. of the academy I feel like I've had a lot of autonomy over my classroom experience so I will get my syllabus and be like all right let me reach out to them and ask if I can do this instead let me ask if I can Mm. talk about poems this way instead let me ask if I can um last semester i had an independent study i was like i was looking at the course the courses available and i was like none of these courses are relating are are useful for the kind of work that i'm doing in the wider public and so i reached out to a black faculty member and was like if i apply for an independent study would you agree to it and they kind of i don't think my my professor was incredibly supportive, but I don't think the university necessarily wanted me to. Like, I think they, their preference was that I take a regular class, um, but I pitched, they they did approve it though. So I appreciate that. Um, and I pitched an independent study looking at the overlap between Black poetics and the Black church. And my project was like a 50-page hybrid essay, poetry, prose, collage, um, looking at all of these crossovers between contemporary historic black poetics and black theologians and pop culture um Mm -hmm. and essentially in most of my classes I find a way to redirect it back towards that um and whether that means negotiating some things with my professors um whether that means uh absolutely requesting things whether that means sometimes taking the L and losing some points because I'm not going to do it the way the syllabus asks which I know is frustrating for some people um that's that's how I've been navigating so because of that I've had a good experience um which yeah, I know I like it's that. not everybody else's <laughs> experience but I feel very autonomous even maybe where they haven't wanted me to be autonomous I'm like no it, this has to be useful for me outside of this space because my work isn't necessarily for other academics.
0: No, I love that. And I'm glad that you're speaking to it because everyone has a different experience, particular Black folks um, having a different experience in uh, the academic uh, settings, especially the religious spaces.
1: Yes. And
0: <laughs> I have found, you know, there are a lot of factors, right? How tied are you to your uh position in the academy do you want to go on further um did you know coming in to this space who you were and where you know where you were going and so all of those things matter and I think for myself I had to do a lot of uh copy and paste a lot of steering my own ship as well Mm. like because I knew that the majority of what I would do would not be in the ivory tower, right? And so for me, that allowed me uh, an ability to divest from a lot of things that didn't serve me, Uh, still got bumps and bruises on the way, but I had to make uh, independent studies that worked for me um where they're yes. probably like what independent studies this class. do
1: yeah they were definitely like please just excuse and I was like I'm not interested in, I don't know how to express that I don't want this class
0: <laughs> I had what a couple do? I had a couple one that was the highlight of my life was I did a class on analyzing the womanist care, care ethic in uh Star Trek Discovery <laughs> and I love uh, it <laughs> and uh being able to like watch analyze that show bring that character uh black woman Michael Burnham and really bring together what you know she offered that show and the woman's is character there and then looking out at the way that uh poetry and prose were used in the show uh for a specific uh reason and so it was beautiful to me I got to watch a lot of Star Trek so I loved it
1: (laughs) I absolutely love that I um yeah I think I saw you tweet about this once is there like a a a project or something that's come out of it because I would love to read that
0: I want to I I did a couple different works and in that um so I want to make it like an official thing uh yeah
1: that's yeah that's amazing you need to do you absolutely need to do a series on that like an essay series on that like if you we should talk about this after if you have an essay that you want to send over to eco theo you know i would love i would love to take take an essay from you on that
0: i would love to i love that show there was there's a lot of themes to that show Um, yeah uh, mm, okay yes for, for sure um so I have a question on where are you finding God? Where, where is God showing up for you particularly?
1: I love this question um, because it's something that I've been asking myself every day. I've actually been thinking about doing a Mm. little series on either Instagram or TikTok where like every month I just make a list of the places that I found God um, that month. So I am currently, I currently don't have a church home. I am looking. Um, And most of my finding or seeing God has been seeing him in relationships, specifically my relationships with other women. Um, Mm, And in my very long, (laughs) long long-term friendships, Because I feel like that has been the most obvious representative of God's love for me. These people who have seen me through so many different versions of myself, who have been mirrors for me, who have called me out, who have forgiven me um, three million times over um, for my raggedy ways.
0: (laughs) Listen, talk about it. (laughs) Um,
1: So seeing that in my relationships with women who have been my friends for 10 plus years, seeing that in my relationship with my husband, and then I've also been finding or seeing God a lot in the secular in spaces where i was told not to look for god Mm -hmm. i've always been like a huge huge disco fan um and i've been finding god in like disco music like i love that and like can you feel it you know what i mean like can you be like what you make me feel mighty real what (laughs) yeah what just over and over on the dance floor um so uh I've been I've been finding a lot of uh I've been finding a lot of connection with God in um spaces that are secular that somehow bring us back to the body um
0: wow yeah yeah yeah
1: whether it's through movement whether it's through the erotic. And I think part of that is because I do have such deep Pentecostal roots. Most of my experience of God has Mm. been in my body. Um, Mm. like I love, I love the Bible. I love the study of biblical texts, but the thing that always made me believe God was real was what is happening in my body. What is this experience that I'm having with the divine? Um, so these very like flesh experiences, um, on dance floors in moments of intimacy, um, even just, like, in nature, but where I'm, like, physically engaging with with nature, um, have had similar visceral physical responses as, like, the feeling of the Holy Spirit inside of me in a church, at an altar. Um, and it's, I mean, it's been, like, this emotionally devastating experience, devastating in a good way.
0: Um, um. So... I love that. I love you. You just, you open right into, you're preaching the text right now. I, <laughs> listen, we're not, we're not the shallow waters. Okay. I, I think I love that. I, full disclosure, my, uh, the reason or the thing that prompted this particular question uh, came out of like a series of thoughts that I had a year ago. Uh, and I would share it on Twitter from time to time, like I found God today and it would be in some like ordinary mundane thing, right. Um, That it was obvious, like that God was like making God self known right there. And um, like, I'll never forget being so depressed a year ago, literally a year ago this time (laughs) and um, was trying to figure out working full time was writing my master's thesis, um, had moved to a new city uh, and barely knew people. And um, I met somebody uh, just out doing regular stuff. And she said, oh, my name's Hagar. And I was like, wait. Said,
1: you can't tell no black
0: <laughs> churchy. I said, I said, don't lie, what's your name? And she's like, Hagar. I don't know a lot about it, but uh, yeah, that's my name. Um, and what's, cr- what's crazy, you know, if you Black in church, you're like, see, I see God. Here. Yes. And what most people don't know is the majority of my master's uh, was spent researching Hagar. Um oh. and-, and so <laughs> I was like, okay, Lord, I see you here. <laughs> um, you know, so these things where uh, God can come and, like uh, I say often, finding beauty in unexpected places is a prayer that I have, and that's where I find God. Um, and so to your point, uh, I wanted to eliminate, you know, finding God in the disco. I I found myself even earlier this year, like listening to Usher's song, Confessions, and I was literally on a walk crying that you would have thought I was confessing, but I was, Listen. when I tell you, I was feeling God's presence and I, I even said, yo, I don't even know why <laughs> because this, this song is grimy actually. <laughs> <laughs> but to your point, like that embodied experience, it was like, I couldn't deny that that was bringing this God's presence to me. So thoughts on that. Um, Cause I feel like we're not attuned to expect God to move in those ways. right?
1: We're not. And I think part of it is. Depending on if you're coming out of, you know, the deep conservative, strict, this is where the sacred is. Mm-hmm. And the secular does not. So no matter what you was doing last night, when you get in the house of God, all of these things are separate. Mm-hmm. Um, And both, I think, (sighs) make sure I have my language together. I think I've gone through a lot of shifts in my faith in the past year um, Mm. to year and a half that kind of almost blurred those lines or Mm. made this idea that God wouldn't be in a place in a certain place evaporate. Mm. Um and so it just made it so much easier to see him. It makes it easier to listen to confessions and be like, oh, this song is grimy, but maybe there's something there's something here that points to either an element of the struggle in faith Mm. or the way we reach out to God or the things that we're yearning for and the things that we're longing Mm. for. Um, And how much of that happens in the body. I I make the joke all the time that the church really loves, you know, the weight loss before and after photo. Mm -hmm. Like they love that crisp, clean testimony before, Mm -hmm. after, and most people are not an after. Most people are like in this middle. And that's, you know, acknowledging all the fat phobia, all the problems, but most, most folks are in a much wider water. Mm. So it's easier for me to see God um, in somebody who's very obviously in the middle of something. Like even thinking about like Aretha Franklin's like Spirit in the Dark, right? Mm. Where she's yeah. in nightclubs asking people, can you feel feel the spirit, you know, mm. before she moves into these songs or thinking about Beyonce's Church Girl. Um mm. yeah. So I'm I love that and I think I think it makes complete sense and I think we would see the sacred a lot more in the secular
0: mm-hmm.
1: if we weren't beholden to these lines of what, of where god is allowed to be
0: What's in my cup What's What's in my my cup? cup? Now's the time of the podcast where I share with you what's in my cup. So what's in my cup today, 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 today. I have a new coffee company Um, and uh, AeroPress that I have been trying, (laughs) Uh, party people. So Greater Goods Coffee Co. And the flavor that I have is Kickstart. It's got dark chocolate notes, brown sugar, you know, it's pretty good. It's a light coffee. I like it. So that's what's in my cup. This love of women and being able to find God in that circle of women. um, Talk about that now, because I think that that's a harder uh, thing for people to access, especially in a pandemic
1: yeah um oh jesus i uh i am very very fortunate that i have very close intimate friendships um like my best friends like those are my ride or dies like we do not i do not play about them like we do not play about each other um And I almost had like an identity crisis at the beginning of the pandemic, (laughs) Um, which I think a lot of us went through some very weird things, not knowing what happened. I had a lot of transitions um, happen at the same time. And my friendships with my best friends have been what they have always been which is an anchor um a truth that i could hold on to i could hold on to its consistency something that i could believe in um and something that i knew would not stumble or fade like i have no fear of the idea that my best friend is going to love me two years from now um and i also don't have fear of You know how really frequently people will be like, oh, we obey God, like not because we fear him, like mm-hmm. we obey God because like it's out of love. And a lot of times it's a lot of fear from the church coming into <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, like ironically. Uh, ironically, it's a really good <laughs> mess. I think I see that the most clearly in like I do write by them and work to attempt to love them correctly, not because I'm afraid they will leave me, but because they have loved me so well, Mm. um, because they have forgiven because like love covers a multitude has been us for 10 plus years. Um, Mm. and because I don't know that I would have been able to see, I don't know that I would have had the vision to see the possibility of who. I could be mm-hmm. as a woman, as a believer, as a creative, if not for their divine vision, if not for mm-hmm. their eyes, if not for them saying, you know, Ajane, you don't have to be like this. If not for them saying Ajane, you don't even see this, but this is, these are all the things you could do. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> some of the opportunities I have even now are things I wouldn't have thought to dream for myself. Um mm-hmm. And so when I say that I see God there, I mean, in that longevity, I am so fully known. Yeah. Um, I don't have to come in and explain myself and I'm I'm so fully known, and that knowing does not um does not make me shy away from anything because I know that it's also coming with a full kind of acceptance and love. And um it's also very much so the same with my husband as well.
0: Um, um, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Cause I think, you know, I heard early in life that, you know, we are hurt and wounded in community and we're healed there too. Right. Like that is yes. where, you know, I have felt redemption. That's where I've experienced what you know that love covering a multitude of sins feels like worked out in my relationships with people. Um for a couple of years, my relationship with black women heals he some things in God that I needed to see. <laughs> <You know? Yeah.
1: laughs>
0: like, oh yeah, I need to experience this, you know. Um yeah. and and yeah, so God showing up there um is beautiful like I think of you know you said divine vision I think of the earliest people uh, while I was still an atheist and I have to uh, hear
1: your testimony one day because
0: it's a wild ride (laughs) Um, so I was talking people about their faith I was not this person here And Mm -hmm. I remember early on a worship leader uh, that I got to know, um, an older Black woman. She used to say, Robert, one day you're going to be so sensitive and emotional and like really good with people. You know, when I say that's divine vision, because that's not who I was then. (laughs) 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 I was like, whoa, you speak of those things that are not as though they were. <laughs>
1: and I can't even imagine. I think if I had to like give words to describe you, I'm like, oh, Robert is tender. Like
0: truly that's <laughs> a work of the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Miracles being, you know, when you believe. Uh so I but I think about that divine vision, a loved one, a chosen family, um or regular family is able to put on you in a good way and watch you fill that vision up um Mm. that is i see god there
1: yeah true Mm. yeah um well i'm i'm really on a on another in another space i'm gonna really have to hear your whole testimony because i'm I'm super invested now because god do be working jesus will transform something because i'm like that's crazy i cannot imagine you not tender I feel like that is, I mean, also, I know you through the interwebs, but I can't imagine mm-hmm. you not Tinder. Um, oh, you know what? There's there's one more thing too. There's a third thing that I didn't mention. Mm-hmm. The, the third place that I see God that I didn't mention is I see him more in my process of creating now. Um, mm-hmm. And so S- I just want to name that. that. Um, man, bell hooks and remembered rapture talks Ooh, about
0: i'm not hip to that one i'm gonna have to get on it to your list <laughs> Remembered
1: rapture the work of the writer and she moves through all these places of the writer at, or the writer at work um and she moves through all these things and she has two chapters on the spirit um and on faith in writing spirituality in writing and one she talks about the depth of the influence of the black church giving her her first ethic before she ends up transitioning into buddhism um and in another, she talks about um, the act of writing what you believe you're supposed to write um, against surrendering to what the spirit is calling and drawing out from you. And um, in a separate separate text, do, do you know who Makoto Fujimura is? Mm-hmm. Okay, have you read Art and Faith? Because
0: it's, it's funny, I'm staring at it right now. I got it for my birthday um it said right I'm like it's just a stone's throw away oh my gosh
1: okay <laughs> that is my that book is my jam and mm, okay. uh okay it's so good and he talks about um this theology of making this theology of the idea that what we're creating here it's it matters in heaven God is you will use it um mm. in the world that comes after and I, I just really see when I sit down to right now, it is an act of co-laboring with God. Um... And an act of surrender. So I don't see it as I think I used to see myself as the driving force behind my creative work. And especially in this last year, I feel like I pray, I sit down and sometimes I come to when the page is full, and I don't know what happened. I don't know where these characters came from. I don't know where this language came from. Um, And it feels not just I see God, but it feels especially supernatural um, and the way some things are coming alive for me, so. Mm,
0: I love that. I, so it's that inspiration piece, right, and, like, I, and finding God in that process is beautiful, because every, especially every creative finds God differently in that way, um, and so I'm, I always uh, am so interested when creatives talk about that, right, because for me, like, even with writing, right, like, I, um, I have to do the discipline of it to find God there, right? Mm. Like it's rare that I'm just sitting somewhere and just, I'm overcome. I want to write this thing. Usually it's like, as I'm on the way, I'll get inspiration, right? Mm. Like I try to write a few lines of poetry every day. And um, often I don't experience God's presence, <laughs> but a lo- quite a lot I do, right? And it's yeah. just in making time just for a few minutes a day to write a few things but in those times i i feel god's presence about half the time and half the time nothing so
1: but that's important and that oh, that's so important to name because i think about the idea that circulates in <clears throat> in a lot of christian circles about the idea that because you are experiencing a moment with god or god is going to use you for something that there's not a discipline also that's Mm. required for it and TD jakes had this um talk where he was talking about how he studies orators of all Mm. he studies like legal or he studies anybody who works in the field of oration because he wants to understand the craft of preaching. And wow. I think about the way being immersed in a discipline of your craft gives more space for the spirit to flow or to move mm-hmm. through you. Yeah, yeah. Because then there's not um there's not a hesitancy. So whether yeah. God, you know, people can't see my air quotes, but you know, yeah. shows up or not today like that is a part of the space is the discipline. Mm. So I love that. And I love, yeah. I need to start writing a few lines of poetry every day.
0: <laughs> no, I think I pursued it out of being so uh, in, in love with so many artists mm. and almost overly enamored, right? Like I can never be like Lucille Clifton. I can never be like Nikki Giovanni or James Baldwin. And because I have such high esteem that stunted a lot of my art and realizing after a while, I, I can't be them <laughs> yeah. and that's okay. And almost like what I can do is write a line or two in sincerity and mean that, and just see where God will meet me in that, that process. Right. And so overcoming looking at these people I admire, and just starting the discipline of it, right, has helped me uh, overcome a lot.
1: I love that so much, writing in sincerity, and maybe God will meet me. I love that posture Mm, of of sitting down to the page. Um, Yeah, no, that's beautiful. so yeah
0: I know I love that I think you know and again Bell Hooks you brought Bell Hooks up was an inspiration because Bell was like theologian (laughs) also was like a for real art critic (laughs) like also like she was a thinker like she's not you can pin her writings down to one solitary thing and that's inspirational to me that's creative so
1: yeah no same for me I think Um, So when you were asking me when we first got on you were like you know what do you what do you identify i was like i don't even know at this point um i'm trying to i'm trying to be a little bit of everywhere um and if Mm. i can be graced (laughs) to do that in in a way where bell hooks was like i'm gonna give y'all all all about love and i'm gonna give you all this memoir and yeah. I'm gonna give y'all these essays and I'm gonna critique Beyonce. That was what we went yeah, he, about, like, like, we weren't ready to hear any critique about Beyonce. Like, you're so like whoa, our- <laughs> the
0: Beehive was not ready for that particular <laughs> critique.
1: I am Beehive, I was not ready. I was like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you was not ready for those hard prophetic sayings, huh? Oh
1: my gosh. <laughs> oh. But yeah, no, I um, I think a lot about uh what it means to be uh to be a creative um or to be a writer and to have the spirit speaking to me and speaking through me in different ways. So like, I don't know, I when I was first coming into poetry and pretty much for the last however many years, I'd never thought about essays. I was like, I don't write essays. Like even my friend who, who pitched to me the DMX essay, mm-hmm. never thought about it. It was like, I, I guess I, I, I will try to write essays, but prior to that essays were for school essays were for the academy and undergrad. And had I thought um, even just a little bit more differently about capacity, there's probably a lot more that I would have done. Um
0: mm-hmm
1: because I had even just a a limited view of poems because I grew up in the slam scene. So I grew up thinking a slam, a three minute and 10 second, I grew up up believing that was a poem. Um, Mm -hmm. And so having um, all of these really brilliant um, folks' work break my mind of what me being a writer or a poet meant and the different molds that my work could exist in has been really helpful.
0: Well, this is helpful. I love that we had this conversation because I think a beautiful thread that I hear in you is uh, something that I find missing in a lot of God talk. And especially like as people famously uh, talk about deconstruction a lot, I think there isn't (laughs) enough, especially white folks, um, there isn't enough nuance and range to say, okay, you can expand in who has got to you now, and so I love just these generative ways where you're like, yeah, I'm expanding. That doesn't mean I'm throwing out everything, you know. As I expand, you know, some things hold you together. So I love that.
1: Yeah, and ooh, that's a whole nother conference. That's a whole nother podcast yeah. <laughs> episode, but that ooh. that's that's important because I think one of the issues with the deconstruction movement. I think there's a lot of issues with the deconstruction yeah, movement. Saying, and I say I was... and I say this as somebody who has deconstructed. Um but one of the issues is there's there's a hyper focus on 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 pulling down, on pulling apart and tearing down. Um and there's not an interest or let me not say there's not an interest but i don't see as many people talking about reconstruction but also <clears throat> understanding the deconstruction movement as a faith movement which it is it's a it, it is a faith space with faith leaders um and people who i would argue are showing up more broken than they showed up to like the the comic say the comment saying of like, oh, people come to the project, bro. You think people come to the church broken? How do you think people arrive into the deconstruction space? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it's a faith space, and people are faith leaders. I don't think, and I think the difference is, is I don't think people know their faith leaders. At mm-hmm. least the pastors that we're coming from, there's like an ethic or a thing that they believe that they have to abide by because they know that they're faith leaders. Mm-hmm. Now, whether they do that or not, whether they do it yes. well, tons yeah, of things that, to comment yes. on. But people are absolutely faith leaders um, in the in the deconstruction space, um, and there are people who I don't know if they realize, um, and maybe they do. I don't want to take anyone's autonomy away from them, but they're going to people looking to be fed spiritually in a way and um, are leaving unsatisfied or are leaving um, angry and feeling like they cannot connect to God. Um, and mm-hmm. it's very unfortunate uh to watch uh, i i care much less about the dechurched and people who do not have church homes and more about people who don't have a community of people who they feel like um they can explore god with mm-hmm. because exploring god and exploring harm are two very different things <laughs> oh. um and they can coincide but they're not the same thing
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm amen amen i'm gonna leave you on that last note that's, that's a good word
1: hey everyone it's faith brooks here i'm so excited to let you know that my new book remember me now a journey back to myself and a love letter to black women is now available wherever books are sold so go ahead and get yourself a copy share it with a friend and I am just so excited for you to get this book into your hands and I can't wait for all of us to be able to talk about it soon.
0: Black Coffee and Theology Pod is a production of Three Black Men, the podcast about theology, culture, and the world around us. Follow us on Twitter at Three Black Men. If you like the content that you are receiving here and want to receive more, whether that is in longer conversations, essays, devotions, and videos from either myself, Sam, or Trey, Please sign up for for our Patreon at patreon.com/3blackmen. Don't forget to like, rate and review Black Coffee and Theology Pod as well as 3 Black Men.